Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli. I'm Lorelai Weissel-Liberzi. And I'm Chris Delano. And today we're going to talk about flavor gems of Kaldheim. So Kaldheim is a lot of fun. It's the kind of world I wish we had spent more time on because it is the kind of world with really exciting metaphysics that I wish we could have explored some more. But in this one set paradigm, uh, I'll take what I can get. Well, what you're going to get is one set of Kaldheim. Well, that's what I'm taking (laughs) then. (laughs) I hope they release like a secret layer of like... um, some older magic cards reflavored for for like some uh, ice age or uh, other like snow permanents reflavored for uh, for. Kaldheim. Oh, I agree. We'll uh, I I think we definitely need a secret lair with uh, snow cards uh, and snow themed cards like uh, Winter's Chill and Arkham's Weather Vane. Uh, yeah, big fan. So before we get into that, uh, there's a big announcement today. There is going to be a new magic comic series from Boom with an exclamation point, Studios. A new monthly MTG ongoing coming in April. Uh, April of this year. It's only three months away. Uh, So stay tuned. Check that out. Um, I can't really talk any more about it, (laughs) personally, uh, other than let you know that it has been announced. I believe it stars um, the Ravnikin Guildmasters uh, that are Planeswalkers, so... Ral Zarek, Vraska, and Kaya are the stars of this new one. Uh, yeah. And Jace is also there. <laughs> oh. And and Jace is also <laughs> there is, is a pretty good descriptor of a lot of his adventures recently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's in the car rising. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the little blurb they gave, uh, there's an assassination attempt on them. And wow, mysterious. Let's solve the mystery and i guess we'll figure that out later can't assassin the assassin <laughs> let's uh let's talk about the planeswalkers in this set so uh kaya the inexorable uh is a really cool card her art features the new uh version of Vornklex, like in shadow in the background i believe in both versions but definitely in the borderless version which is always my favorite. I only yeah. buy borderless planeswalkers at this point. The pack version has like a creature, which is like I, I think supposed to hide the ambiguity of Vorinclex, but uh, yeah, yeah. I think there was supposed to be a reveal, and then it leaked, and then they just revealed him early. <laughs> the The point is the Beowulf Grendel vibe in both arts. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, Beowulf is probably the 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 piece of um, folklore or mythology that most people are familiar with from from Norse mythology. So it's great to get a reference in here to that, where Kaya is kind of the Beowulf uh, analogy, and Vorinclex is Grendel. Yeah, it's it's weird. Unlike some other mythology um, mythologies, like it's weird to say Norse mythology sometimes because uh, of how broad these greater Germanic folklores spread through different cultures in Northern Europe. Well, when when we get to the gods, uh, like, if y'all think the Norse gods are just the Norse gods, wait until you study all these pagan cultures of uh, the British Isles, the Scandinavian countries, and Northern Europe, and 
there are a lot of Odins out there. Yeah, it, basically, wherever the Vikings went to Viking, they brought uh, different folklore with them from different clans uh, and from whole different areas, and it all mutated over time, and it's it's very interesting. And it's fun how all of this mixes with, like, old British folklore as well, because of how the Vikings just really jacked up the 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 well i should say the anglo-saxons for just like centuries we'll we'll get to uh a a refer a, a cultural reference thing specifically about a piece of we'll put air quotes around cultural exchange um <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's move on from kaya whose hair has been on point in this story it's good. And she's just like, I just, so my favorite thing about Kaya in this set, though, just real quick, is how she was like, wow, Ravnica was a lot. And I want something nice and easy. So I'm going to take out oh, a monster hunt. Simple. Just go to this jerky plane, kill this jerky monster, quick and easy and done. And then it just becomes this whole thing. It's a Phyrexian <laughs> Praetor. It's like, of course you got hired to hunt a Phyrexian Praetor. It's not, and it's not even that. It's like, yeah, it, the monster turns out to be like way more than she thought it was, and then it turns out there's this whole nefarious plot under, like, underneath everything, and she encounters Tybalt, and then we'll see where the story goes. But like, it just spins out of control, and I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I really like the the way this went. Uh, Roy Graham did just a a great job with these stories. I enjoyed all of his stories. So Tybalt, t- cosmic imposter. I love bringing Tybalt in here as Loki over, like, any of, like, a dozen other magic villains. Just because he's, like, God, it, it feels good to just have him get beat up sometimes. Because <laughs> he's just such a, he's just such a punchable planeswalker. He's a real villain. This is his big, big show. His big opportunity to be a big, big real threat. And I, I'm really excited for him. I hope it goes well. It's his big break. Besides being the 19th Planeswalker Commander. Good for him. Hmm. Because uh, he's got a creature on one side, which means he is legal as a play, as a commander. Uh, I, I, I'm a big fan. Uh, so, yeah, Planeswalkers get borderless versions. But because uh, Tybalt is on the back of uh, Valky God of Lies, who's a legendary creature in this set... Uh, Tybalt also gets a um, showcase border, and uh, the the showcase Valky and Tybalt are by Jeff Miracola, uh, who's wonderful magic artist for seems like forever now. Um, and uh, one of the things I really appreciate about these two pieces is uh, how jokery they feel, um, but like very specifically the Batman the animated series Joker. Um, with like the really exaggerated pointed chin and the really thin face and and that like really big grin like it's it's that vibe and like that's a big tibble vibe for for as for as much of a trash goblin as he is like he just wants chaos doesn't have a lot of big goals in mind uh other than that he's he's just looking for a good time and and that that's very uh, Batman the Animated Series Joker of him to do and that that the art kind of echoes that character even in the slightest bit I think is pretty enjoyable 
Tyvar Kell, I really like because he is like, what if Gaston was the good guy? <laughs> like, what if, what if actually the beast was bad and he was there to rescue Belle and brag about it? And that is who, uh, that, that, it, well, I mean, I mean, some interpretations, the beast is kind of bad, but Tyvar is just, he's such an interesting character. He's got like absorbing man powers where he can, uh, transmute things, including himself and his allies. Um, he's just an interesting character. I, I really like his appearances here. Uh, and it's nice to have like a tribal commander again, um, which was kind of shocking to me because like, yeah, tribal planeswalker. Sorry. We have plenty yeah, of he can't be your commander, Jay. I'm sorry, but planeswalkers are not allowed to be commanders. <laughs> he <a> should <laughs> be. He'd be such a good commander. Oh my God. But he's he's really interesting because they they backed away from that years ago, like a decade ago, and to come back around to it is is pretty cool. I mean, we had a we had a zombie tribal Liliana a couple of course sets ago, so we had that. True, true. I I actually was having this discussion recently about the failure of the first Nissa card. Like, I think the big problem with that card is that it specifically referenced one specific other card that you had to have in the deck in order to use all her abilities, which was. And the card was not mm-hmm. good. It was like, it's just a two mana, two, three. Planeswalker design has gotten much better over the years. Uh, especially when it comes to these kind of tribal support Planeswalkers. What I like that, I, I really hope this is like the sole reason he got in, is that he has horns already, like Loki's horns in the MCU in his helmet. <laughs> He's got the front facing curved horns. And I, I kind of hope, like, 50% hope that that's, like, that's why they were just like, all right, let's put Tybalt in, and then we'll figure out a reason later. I don't actually know why he's in there, so. <laughs> that's my personal hope. We were talking about Tyvar, though. I know, I got distracted. Uh, so let's talk about, let's talk about. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> all right. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Uh, let's talk about Nico Eris. Nico is such a good, good planeswalker good bean they so we found out today watching daily weekly mtg um which you can probably find a link to on the daily mtg website uh nico was added late into the set's development which i thought was pretty cool they made a special spot in the set for them uh they are we talked a i think a good bit last week about nico when talking about nico's first story um i know jay hasn't listened to that episode but uh we, we kind of went into why would i listen to the show if i'm not on it honestly um but nico is now the second ever planeswalker card to have an x in their casting cost uh shared only with nissa as we were talking about earlier um they have a really interesting design as a planeswalker card because they they have a, an in, enters the battlefield effect where they create their shard tokens um, we talked a lot about Nico's powers last week, so I'm not going to like go over that again unless anyone else wants to talk about them. But uh, Nico's got all of the abilities that kind of relate to uh, their power set. They are an interesting Planeswalker. They're one of the ones that just like doesn't have an ultimate, basically, um, which is a really cool design because all these other Planeswalkers do have an ultimate in this set. But Nico is just like kind of a value Planeswalker, which fits really well into white-blue. Uh, they also come with their own trio of cards uh, that I think were probably also added late into the set to go with Nico as a character and also sort of tell a little bit about Nico's story. 
Do you want to read the name of the cards? <laughs> well, I was I was seeing if one of y'all wanted to talk about them, but um, uh, Nico's got these three cards. Uh, Behold the multiverse, which is a blue draw spell, kind of like the new um, like four mana draw two instant. Search for glory, which is a white uh rare that allows you to search your deck for an aura, a uh, not an aura, a snow permanent, a legendary card, or a saga card. You see, I thought it was going to be an aura because it's a white spell. So, of course, it would find you something useless. But this one actually is pretty good. Um, and then you gain one life for each snowman I spent to cast it. It is a snow sorcery. Uh, and then also, just uh, sort of like... Fin- you, you, mm-hmm. can, you don't need to use all those syllables. You can just say snorcery. All right. <laughs> moving on from that. Um, snorcery. I, I kind of like it. Uh, Behold the Multiverse is a common. And Search for Glory is a rare. And then Nico gets a multicolored white-blue uncommon. It's one of the sagas. Nico defies destiny. Um, which was not a story spotlight, but feels like it was. Uh, because Nico defied destiny. That's uh, that's what Nico did. Um, but it's really cool to see them get their own like little vertical cycle of cards. Introducing them and showing off their color alignment, too. By having a blue card, a white card, and a white-blue card. I love Nico so much. They're so good. I'm about one uh one week from recording, so in a in a couple days times when this episode gets released, uh uh Arena will have the call time update and y'all can hear Nico's lines and stuff. I'm very excited. So let's move on to the actual story spotlights, unless you any of you want to talk some more about Nico. There are thirteen story spotlights, Jay. Yeah. Why did you do this? I didn't do it personally. I don't have anything to do with it. I need to be clear. I have no power whatsoever. I am just like the annoying little fly that keeps buzzing by, you know, creative people's ears. Um, and that's about that's about it. You are literally the professional reply guy who goes, well, actually, about Magic Bowl. I, tr- I try not to be, well, actually. I try to say, oh, how about, you know, and give options and don't just say that doesn't work. But anyway. <laughs> uh, my wife has told me that's the it's the ideal job for me. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife just called you a reply guy. <laughs> uh, uh, don't, don't, Jay, don't take this the wrong way, but I love your wife. She's great. She <laughs> is fantastic. Um, and she is a large part of the reason why my, my head isn't the size of a, uh, original Mirrodin Vidalkins. Uh, okay. So, forging the Tyrite sword. I don't know why you have to drag the Vidalkin here, but okay. <laughs> So forging the Tyrite sword uh, is like this cool metalwork uh, and Tyrite uh, mural uh, in the artwork. It's all about creating the sword that's central to the story. Uh, that follows into the Trickster God's heist. So this artisan named Cole, uh, he's a dwarf, finds this Tyrite. He forges it into a sword for the god Halvar. Uh, but... Um, Tybalt, in his guise as Valky, uh, tricks him and murders him and takes the sword. Uh, and w- what I really like about those three, that that um, that saga, is it's like the that one uh, webcomic, like, you made this? And the person's looking at it, and then the third frame is, uh, I made this, once the other person was gone. Uh, and the, the saga art is literally that. 
It's, you know, he's he's appearing to Cole. Cole's like, hey, look, I made a sword. Uh, he stabs him, takes the sword, and then is looking at the sword like, hey, look, I got a sword. <laughs> we also have some flavor text in Icebind Pillar uh, that mentions that um, Tybalt being disappointed with Valky because he was so gullible and easy to trick for God of Lies. <laughs> so then we get Open the Omen Pass, which shows um, Tybalt using the sword to open up all these paths between the worlds. And then leave them open uh, so that all the and, and cause chaos so that all of these various peoples of the different realms uh, will go to war with one another. We'll see whether or not that happens, how that plays out. But there is another story spotlight so, called Struggle for... Oh, go ahead. So um, how it's going to play out is that all the worlds are going to start converging. And when enough strife uh, it's rises, um, a bunch of obelisks will rise in every world and create a nexus of mana, a conflux of mana at the center of the world tree that typically I swear then to use. God, Lorelei. <laughs> <laughs> And then a Johnny shows up and makes a mana <laughs> duplicate of Tybalt, and they slap each other <laughs> to a this standstill. Is, this is, for those of you who uh, are, are not aware, because there are magic players who are born after this set, believe it or not, this is the plot of Shards of Alara. <laughs> that was also our preview card, Jay. I know it's been a while if you remember, but... Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> Open the Omen Paths was one of our preview cards. Yay! Hey, free preview cards. Wait, wait, you got them for free? Lorelai, I thought I had to pay you. I mean, you have to pay me. <laughs> you, we, <laughs> Wizards gives that this to us. for No, they're all free. Please, I swear to God, there's going to be like a Reddit thread. Someone's going to listen to this. So next up is Struggle for Skemfar, uh, which is depicts uh, Tyvar with his brother, Harold, king of all Norway. I mean, elves. Um... And he is basically he reunited uh, the two uh, the two races of elves the the wood elves and the dark elves of um, Skemfar, uh, and Tybalt is frustrated. Well, with him actually, because... they're called shadow elves. Well, I mean, clearly, I, I need to sign my contract over to you now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got it wrong. <laughs> this is how you get Jay's job. You <laughs> reply to Jay. Prove prove him wrong. And you get his job. Lots of people believe that. <laughs> the important part is Tybalt shows up and lies to Harold about to try and incite him to go to war with the humans. Yes, correct. Uh, next up is Dogged Pursuit, which is Kaya on the plane hunting down a mysterious monster. This, if it had been revealed, like, and Vornklex didn't, wasn't revealed, like, the same day or, like, beforehand... Uh, it would have been myster- a mysterious monster. But you can see like the black ichor in the background and claw marks and all this weird stuff as Vorinclex rebuilt his body after uh, coming over, uh, which is in the Legends article that came out on Thursday. Kaya's onslaught is her uh, leaping dogged on. Dogged Pursuit. To- uh, Jay, Dogged Pursuit. Also, our preview card. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's Free true. preview card. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag free preview card uh kaya's onslaught is her leaping on to vornklex uh like she's in the rodeo and trying to stab the praetor to death uh with knives and as badass as that is i think we all know by now didn't work out quite the way they intend she intended uh doomscar is the ver- the uh ragnarok of the kaldheim 
it is when two planes merge more fully rather than just an omen path it's like whole areas of them collide and there's a big uh there's generally a big war between the two realms uh people go raiding on each, each other's realms it, it's a bad thing sometimes realms can be destroyed from this after that is king harold's revenge i think because we've reached the point of the story spotlights where the stories haven't actually come out yet <laughs> and we can like bundle king harold's revenge okay. rise of the dread marne invasion of the giants and battle for bredegard together Unsu- unsu- unsurprisingly the norse set is gonna have a big final battle type event like a ragnarok where a bunch of people are gonna fight i'm the only one on this podcast right now who uh does not know all of the story for this set um i haven't actually read even some of the stories i'm reading them as they come out so uh, i can do a good job of saying what the story spotlights are without giving away any plot points go for it all right we got we got doom scar it looks like uh well we know about that from the first story it's a bad thing that happens i'm sure one's gonna happen in the story because you know they said it in the first one. It'll happen in the other one. Uh, King Harold's Revenge. Yeah. yeah, Chekhov's Doomscar. Uh, King Harold's Revenge. Uh, Harold is going to get revenge on uh, the Scotty for uh, doing the stuff they did to the Einar. Uh, I'm guessing. Um, <laughs> Rise of the Dreadmarn. Uh, there will be zombies. Got it. Uh, <laughs> invasion of the Giants. Okay, so um, giants are going to invade somewhere. I mean, yeah, there's a doom scar. We kind of understand that. Um, it is a really cool saga, though. It's got like a a really cool thing. We're going to talk more about sagas later. Uh, Battle for Bredegard. So I'm guessing this is all going to happen on Bredegard, which makes sense as Bredegard is like the human kind of not shard of this uh, not multiverse. Um, but it's uh, probably going to happen there. And then the world tree seems like a good place to end the story. It is just the world tree. It's a busted land. I hate it. Uh, and then Fall of the Imposter uh, is a really cool saga. And it's going to apparently involve Tyvar and uh, Kaya kicking Tibble off a tree uh, that's topped by a little Vorinclex angel. It is a beautiful Vorinclex angel. That is, that is the rest of the story spotlights uh, with no spoilers because I can't know any of them. all right let's talk about the gods so the gods in this set are really cool what i really appreciate is that the gods are uh multi-ethnic here in terms of the real world uh um, contemporaries in how we divide uh, define that kind of thing basically they're not pale all pale white people which is very much appreciated especially in a set like this that is based on Norse mythology, which has been heavily uh, appropriated by a lot of white supremacist groups. Uh, So to have a uh, setting where we have black gods in a Norse setting is pretty cool. Um, And the whole plane is full of, you know, a wide array of peoples, which is very nice to see. So like I mentioned earlier and, and in our uh, world building episode, uh, Norse mythology is very loose. Uh, There are not a whole lot of primary sources. There's a lot of local variations on folklore. There's um, a lot of parallel myths among different cultures in the area. And so um, we don't have that many one-to-one gods here, just like we didn't have a lot of one-to-one realms. uh, And some things take different bits from other things. So I'm going to run through our 12 gods uh, and the rough parallels to some big prominent 
Nordic deities. Uh, so we're starting with Halvar, god of battle, uh, and uh, he is uh, mostly the uh, the tier uh, representative. Tier is the god of war, which Halvar, as the god of battle, they're synonyms. Uh, he has a little bit of Heimdall because he has this sword that can open omen paths, uh, like uh, Heimdall's sword that can open the Bifrost. Then we have uh, Rydane, um, God of the Worthy, and Valkymira, Protector Shield. Uh, she's very clearly like a Valkyrie-type god in this setting, which isn't a super close parallel to anything in Norse mythology, but um, she has some uh, Forseti influences as a god of justice, uh, and um, uh, the idea of... Uh, stalwart purity and light and and indestructibility of uh balder because uh, you know like one side is literally a shield that protects you from things alrund god of the cosmos is uh one of the most indirect influences uh he is our odin figure uh odin is a incredibly wise deity and uh alrund is um even when he was young, uh, he had enough wisdom to realize how little he didn't know. So he went on this big quest to talk to all the cosmos monsters because the secrets of the future were locked inside their minds. Um, and so uh, he is like cryptic with omens, but like also a very personal storyteller. Uh, like Odin, he has one eye, one glowy eye, uh, and uh, a raven pal. Well, Odin had two ravens, but... Uh, uh, Haka, Whispering Raven, is Alrun's most loyal familiar. Although I do love uh, the so Odin's ravens are Hugin and Munin, and I love I would have loved to make uh, Hugin jokes, Ugin jokes, yeah. But you know it, it is what it is. All the who's on first jokes with with Ugin and Hugin would have been great, but you know. If whatever. you weren't aware, Jay is a dad. <laughs> Continue. Sorry, I'm done. I'm done, I promise. <laughs> uh, next we have um, Cosima, the god of voyage, and uh, the backside of her card, the Omen Keel, which is a legendary ship. Uh, she is based on the god Njord, who's uh, a god of the sea, but also specifically a god of sailing and voyages. So um, it's it's like a very direct parallel here. Uh, Cosima's uh, Kaldheim lore is pretty cool because uh, of all the gods, uh, she used to be a uh, cosmos monster. She is was a gigantic dolphin that swam through the magical seas from realm to realm, and she can still take on the dolphin form, but also travels around in a boat, and very rarely stays put. Uh, then we have Egon, god of death and the throne of death. He's like very loosely related to hell, mostly just because they are both gods of death, but uh, e Egon is like the warden of Istfel. Uh, he he lords over the uh, the dead at the root of the world tree, which is um, pretty close to what Hell did. Also, they have a similar walled uh, fortresses. Um, Isfel surrounded by a giant wall, which you can see on the one land, uh, the gates of Isfel. He's he's neat because he ages backwards. He's the oldest of the Scoti, but he's like a emo teenage boy uh, with a side shave, and uh, he has a side shave tattoo of of like all the gods have their glowy runic tattoos but his are on his side shave and that's very cool of him and then we have turgrid god of fright and turgrid's lantern which uh isn't really a parallel to any actual norse deity um i don't know what went through 
creative's head when they designed this character, but uh, when she was a child, she almost got strangled by her own shadow. Uh, and now she, as an adult, she uh, tries to pretend the shadow doesn't exist and isn't trying to murder her. And anytime people point it out, she gets like really uncomfortable and angry. And sometimes she'll just say like really creepy omens and stuff uh, and ruin conversations. And that's funny because <laughs> mood. It's very relatable. I had a Norse pagan chime in on my blog uh, that oh. mentioned Turgrid might be loosely inspired by Hodor, H-O-D-R, uh -huh. uh, not Hodor uh, from Game of Thrones, but Hodor, uh, the blind god who is frequently referred to as the god of shadows and darkness, especially, oh. especially in pop culture. Interesting. Uh, her killer shadow whose murderous actions she is ignorant of could be a riff of how Loki tricked Hodor into killing Baldur. It's kind of yeah. a stretch, but that was the best they got. Maybe. And that was ZeldaFan42 on uh, Tumblr. Thank you, ZeldaFan42. If I recall, Hoder was Baldur's brother? I think so. I don't remember. Anyway, uh, Valky, God of Lies, is our very obvious Loki parallel. He just is. He's just Loki. <laughs> um, like, there there are some of the, like, the big well-known gods, they just get characters in, in this set. Um, Valky is more of a prankster, whereas... Uh, Tybalt is on the backside is more of a cruel sadist. Uh, so there's uh, the other gods have taken notice that Valky's gotten a lot meaner recently, uh, but nobody quite knows why. Birji, god of storytelling, uh, is based off of uh, Bragi, the god of poetry. Uh, you know, the scald god inspired a scald god. Uh, and uh, the backside of her card, uh, Harnfell, horn of bounty, is just a reference to a drinking horn full of booze. Torolf, God of Fury, and Torolf's Hammer is the very obvious Thor and Mjolnir, where uh, Thorolf very specifically has power over storms and lightning. Uh, and I, I love uh, I love uh, how disappointing he is to his father, uh, Alrund, because Alrund is like, you have the most deadly power of all the gods. You have so much potential. And Thorolf is like, yeah, but instead of like conquering realms and solidifying a rule, I just want to go do impossible cool stuff because he's very hot-headed and kind of a show off when you when you throw his hammer it comes back to your hand it's very cool a card's very cool <laughs> then we have essica god of the tree and the prismatic bridge which is like the most melting potty of the gods she uh she has a card associated with her essica's chariot which is pulled by two big cats this is a reference to uh the goddess freya who is a um a goddess of destiny but uh who had a chariot pulled by two cats um so that is the thing that gets kind of folded into Essica's myth. Um, she's, I think, most closely uh, aligned with uh, Idun, uh, a goddess of youth and beauty. Uh, Essica is the one who maintains uh, the Tyrite and makes the Cosmos elixirs, which give the Skoti their uh, long lives and godlike powers. Um, she, is, she is the only person who knows how to make that uh, elixir. Uh, and then she has a little bit of Heimdall stuff, too, because uh, the Prismatic Bridge is the Bifrost. Uh, she is capable of um, opening paths anywhere in the world at her will uh, in brilliant rainbow omen paths. Sounds gay. She, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you think rainbows are like some kind of gay symbol, sure. And we have a uh, Jorn, God of Winter, and Cauldring the Rhyme Staff. Um, this is a... Uh, 
pretty close parallel to both uh, Uller and Skadi, who are a god and goddess respectively, who are married. Uh, they are both deities of winter and hunting, uh, which is just Jorn. Uh, and also skiing. They they are deities of skiing. I don't know if they're skiing on Kaldheim, but uh, if there is, Jorn is probably the god of it too. And then there's Kolvori, the god of kinship, uh, who is uh, most closely related to Frigg or uh, Frigga, who is the goddess of family. Uh, in, in Norse mythology, that character is Odin's wife. In uh, this mythology in Kaldheim, it's his daughter. But she, she is the one who wants all the Skoti to be like one big happy family. Uh, and then uh, the other side of her card is the Ringheart Crest, which is uh, very specifically a Viking brooch. This is a throwback to that time earlier in the episode where I said we were going to have some quote-unquote cultural exchange. Uh, Viking raids in Ireland led to... Uh, a lot of uh, quote-unquote cultural exchange where the these uh, Celtic brooches became very popular among Vikings afterwards um, and uh, Viking brooches kind of uh, took off of that as uh, fashion items and uh, clasps on clothing. Um, so the, uh, the Ringheart crest is uh, a very specific uh, design that is uh, pretty close to those actual historical pieces of uh, accessories. And that's the gods of Kaldheim. Is anyone else a little miffed that they uh, they made a pantheon of 12 gods for Kaldheim, but Theros had like 15? No. Did I bring that up before? I might have brought that up, but I think it's funny because there was a Greek pantheon of 12 gods, uh, but on Theros, they've got 15, and then on Kaldheim, they've got 12. I wish more of them had multicolored backgrounds for uh, multicolored rear faces for commander purposes but that's basically the only the only thing i would have wanted them to change uh you know jorn's really cool because he's uh he's a three color he's like a the sultai colors he's if you if you want to build a sultai snow deck which is probably the best three colors to build a snow deck he is Mm -hmm. he's also just an absurd card he's real good i'm grumpy (laughs) because my snow deck is esper and i can't play him Let's talk about a couple of the important legends. <clears throat> uh, Lathril is a uh, one of the elven gods uh, from the past. Uh, she is one of the uh, commander deck leads. Um, we don't know yet exactly what it meant for the elves to be gods because it's kind of been ambiguous. But uh, from Lathril's bio, it's pretty clear that not all of the elves were gods, but they had their own god pantheon uh the lathra we get does not have the god subtype um but that might just be i mean you know it, that that might just be a function of the nature of their godhood it might it's probably not the same as the scotis her her bio references uh to the fact that um this is before there were two different uh subtypes of elves um and this is before she became a god she was just a, a leader uh we also get Harold, who was, um, <clears throat> we talked about a little bit earlier, so I won't spend a lot of time on. Uh, it's Tyvar's brother. The name is a reference to a very famous Viking king named Harold. Uh, I made the king of all Norway joke because Harold is in like any piece of Viking pop culture you're going to get alongside like a Ragnar. Um, those are probably the two most famous Vikings in history. He also, he also has a purple crayon. No, that's Harold. Very different. So Vorinclex, uh, 
is here. I can't, I, I don't know. I don't really want to talk about it because <laughs> I don't accidentally reveal anything. So yeah, Vorinclex is here. It's cool. I'm glad. I really like this Vorinclex card. Uh, I feel like mechanically it gets what uh, Vornklex as a character or Nuphorexia would want to do without being so oppressive that it's 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 something that people just hate to play against, like the first Vornklex. Uh, is uh, he's still a doubling season, and uh, except like he's he's better than doubling season for counters because you can plus a planeswalker and double the counter. Like there's a lot of wonky rules differences between him and doubling season. And then he's a having season for his opponents, but he does. Uh, I like that. They continued the, uh, uh, we, we give you this boon and do the opposite boon for your opponents that all the other Praetors have. And I, I like that as like a Praetor mechanic identity. Yeah. That is really cool because it's public. The one thing I will say about Vorinclex, uh, because it's in the Legends article, which uh, we'll link to, part of the travel to Kaldheim destroyed uh, most of Vorinclex's organic components. Uh, so he has been uh, eating things and regenerating and building a new body on Kaldheim, which is why he's been in this cave alone, deep in the woods, and mostly not bothering people. Just a couple murders here and there. <laughs> and you can draw your own conclusions from that. So there's uh, there's a handful of cards that are uh, specific references to other Norse mythological thingamajigs uh, that are more well-known. So we have uh, Toski Bearer of Secrets, our legendary squirrel who runs up and down the world tree conveying messages, uh, who is the, the very clear uh, Ratatosker uh, reference. Uh, this is like the number one thing I saw people asking uh, Mark Rosewater about on Tumblr when Kaldheim was announced. It's like, hey, do we finally get a legendary squirrel? And yes, we got it. You're welcome. Uh, we have uh, Koma, the Cosmos Serpent, who is the uh, Jormungandr reference, the uh, the world serpent, uh, a being so powerful that many on Kaldheim believe it will consume the entire world if it grows too large, which is parallel to the myth about the world serpent literally ending the world. And related to that Ragnarok myth, we have a Sarulf Realm Eater, who's the uh, Fenrir analog, the giant cosmic wolf, uh, who is also shown on Bind the Monster, which is a reference to the, the, the binding of uh, Fenrir, uh, who is uh, locked in the roots of the world tree uh, and would escape during Ragnarok and kill a bunch of gods, like Thor. I, a, another thing that Rosewater got asked a lot was like, hey, are we going to actually have Krakens in this set? Because this is the actual mythology they're from, not Greek mythology. And yes, we have Icebreaker Kraken. So we, we have a Kraken in the world inspired by the mythology where Krakens actually appear. We got there, gang. And then uh, we have Replicating Ring, which is a, uh, an amusing story uh, to... Uh, there was a ring that was forged and... Um, after a certain number of days, it would uh, fall off and, like, sprout a whole bunch of other rings, copies of it. And so this is a card that is literally just doing the thing. You wait a certain number of days and then you get that many copies of the ring. Uh, and that's, that's just, like, one little story that gets a specific reference. Some other Viking stuff in here is the funeral longboat, although not every, you know, it's very famous of the, uh, the cremated Viking pyre funeral boat longboats. 
Uh, that wasn't always the case, but we get a little bit of that here in Funeral Longboat and Return Upon the Tide. Uh, Battle of the Scalds is a reference to the uh, kind of Viking rap battles uh, called Flighting. There's also, I, what did you want to say about the rune cycle? So uh, we have uh, a cycle of rune cards and auras that uh, the idea of a magical inscription that you can put on a thing to do a thing. And, you know, the runes can be put on any permanent and so if you put them on a creature, so if, like if you tattooed a rune on your, the, the runic spell on yourself, the, you would get the spell's effects. If you like inscribe them into your weapon, your weapon grants those effects. If you uh, decal them onto your car, your car now has those effects. If you scratch them into a, a rock and then animate the rock, you know, like a land, now that thing has the effects. So like, I, I like the idea of being able to like inscribe a spell into anything and whatever the thing is gets the effect of that spell. And I, I, I think translating that uh, into this mechanical effect was really cool. And obviously very specific. Like runes are a thing, like rune is a word that gets tossed around um, fantasy all the time, especially Western fantasy because it's really rooted in Northern European fantasy. Uh, but this is, like, very specifically the place that these kinds of runes are from. Like Krakens, like, we are doing the actual Norse thing in the Norse world, even though magic has a bunch of rune cards here and there. Uh, and then there's Raider's Carve, which is a Viking longboat, which are called carves. And I appreciate using the actual word here. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So uh, let's talk real, uh, just quickly about the mediums of the sagas. Some of them are really cool. Arnie Slays the Troll is a carved drinking horn, uh, which is, you know, it's it's basically it's your your beer mug and you put your your favorite team on it, except you carve you know, like a legendary event into it. The horn is uh, potentially <laughs> it may not be a drinking horn. It may be the horn that uh, impaled Arnie in his head, or it could be the other horn that he broke off and turned into a drinking horn. Either way, it's pretty cool. Binding of the Old Gods and Furia's Retribution are both awesome little wood carvings. Harold Unites the Elves is on a carved shield. And, you know, illustrations on shields uh, were sometimes ways to tell stories. Uh, King Narfi's Betrayal is a decorative burial armor, which is a very cool idea. The Blood Sky Massacre is a uh, tattoo telling the story of the Blood Sky Massacre. Probably something the Skell people get. Uh, but frequently, you know, Viking tattoos would would sometimes uh, be about like their family history or their own personal history. Uh, and so that's a cool way to represent that kind of thing. The trickster god's heist is an illuminated scroll. Uh, so this brings in kind of the, the English bit of it and the monks. It is uh, when the, the Vikings would invade into monasteries. Um, it is an illustration like uh, like we used to get out of out of monasteries illuminated manuscripts waking the trolls is an ice etching which is pretty clever and fun uh i i do want to say just back on the wood carved stuff um though those are pieces of physical media actual wood carvings done with actual nordic techniques and nordic tools that's really cool they just did the thing it's like hey why do a painting that imitates the effect of this thing when you can just do the thing it's always fun to find those magic cards that are not paintings or illustrations, but photographs. And just, it's it's really cool. I guess we're going to end with uh, just some of the fun little things. Just not not the big Nordic references, but uh, really appreciate Fearless Pup for having the flavor text. Awoo! 
And I'm, extreme, <laughs> I'm extremely jealous of whoever got to write that. You are now my mortal enemy. Uh, similarly, I am very happy with the flavor text for Hoggy Mob, which is just arg. Same number of letters. I I don't I don't know. The card frostbite is frostbite is a great. Oh my god, it's it's puns all the way down. It's I don't wh- whoever did this card. As long as you're not the Awu person or people like. You're my best friend now. So the art of the card is like a frost troll or something biting someone's arm. You know, like literally a frosty bite. Frost bite. But frostbite is also just a thing that happens to cold. <laughs> and then the flavor text is, is a quote from a leader, expedition leader. But it's like leader is spelled L-E-I-D-U-R-R in like a Nordic way. And it's just like the leader of the expedition is literally just named leader. And I think that's very funny. But then... The quote from this character said, don't wander, <laughs> don't wander far. It's a bit nippy out there. You know, nippy as in cold, but nippy as in biting. Because it's a frostbite that is a literal bite. This card is so good. It's perfect. It's perfect. It is easily the best flavor text. It's the best in the card in the set. This, this is one of the best complete jokes I've ever seen on a magic card. From top to bottom, name, art, flavor text, all working in unison. This is one of the best narrative designs I've ever seen in Magic the Gathering. It, it is my favorite flavor gem of this entire set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I also appreciate uh, Craven Hulk for uh, being our first actual coward. Uh, coward is a subtype that has only been referenced on a few cards in Magic's history, in, in rules text. Um, but it's never been printed on a creature with Coward on the type line. And now we have one who's a giant who is raised by goats. And I imagine he's, like, raised by those fainting goats where if you, they get scared, they, like, go all stiff and just fall over. So imagine, like, <laughs> jumping up behind a, a cowardly giant and going, ha! And, and it just, like, goes stiff and just falls over and thunders into the ground. That's that's my headcanon on that. <laughs> Speaking of goats, though... Uh... Probably up there with Fearless Pup and being the cutest art in the set is uh, Axe Guard Cavalry, which has a dwarf berserker riding a goat into battle. Uh, and it gets our like once yearly uh, flavor text that is just an expression, you know, uh, one of the little idioms. And it's uh, riding the goat, dwarven expression meaning a foolhardy act of bravery. I love these flavor texts. They are just like they show up once a year. It's just like a random saying and then a little bit of world building like oh that's what the elves mean when they say that or something and it's just very funny i love those but it's such a cute art um there's also a shout out to the card graven lore which is just the uh the vorthos cast invitational card all right with that (laughs) we are at time so uh let's move on to final thoughts my final thought of the day is that by the time you're listening to this, Godzilla vs. Kong will have a trailer. Something we've only been waiting for for like a full freaking year. I am very excited about this. Oh, also, we have a new president. Thank God. <laughs> Trump is out. Now let's bully Joe Biden to get things done. Please, please, let's bully Joe Biden and the rest of the government so freaking hard because uh, I'm I'm still a minority. Uh it's not great. Um, although, although uh, I, I will say, um, Biden did do uh, an executive order uh, about um, getting some legal workplace protections uh, for uh, anti-discrimination stuff uh, on the basis of gender and whatnot. So uh, that's cool. 
but also destroy capitalism, please. Uh, I guess that's my final thought is let's destroy capitalism. Uh, my final <laughs> thought on the note of capitalism, uh, the new League of Legends champion came out today, the first one of the year, Viego, who looks just like uh, Egon, the god of death in Kaldheim. Uh, he also is kind of a god of death on uh, Runeterra. Very fun character. Uh, just constantly has his shirt open, showing off his abs. Because it's a video game and they want to sell him. And they did. They sold him to me. I already bought him. Oh, how did I not make a I collect spores, molds, and funguses joke in this episode when we have a literal god named Egon? Damn it. That's a failing <laughs> on my part. You did fail. You did fail. And if you want to hear us fail more... Well, see, that that's a better segue than I, I was going to do because I was going to jokingly go, if you also like League of Legends, you can head over to patreon.com slash cast <laughs> and help support our show today. But we're not actually a League podcast or a Magic podcast. But uh, you can still head over to patreon.com slash cast and help support us today. Uh, all your donations keep our show running. We produce these every week for almost the entire year. And, uh, you know, we love doing the show we love our fans, we love our patrons, we love all our listeners, uh, and we love our Discord community, which is something you can only access through our Patreon. We have Vorthoses from around the world having a great time. Uh, you know, this is the new set era. People are talking about story. We have stories ongoing right now. We have people building decks. Uh, you know, things are going to get, discussions going to get a lot, a lot uh more exciting when uh the these uh call time cards actually hit arena and mtgo and then come out paper the week after uh and uh it's just it's a good place to be we we love the vorthos cast discord server and we would love to see more people there thank you all for listening this has been the vorthos cast